You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Locked On Indians podcast. I'm Jeff Ellis, your host. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rock Auto, huge selection, easy to navigate site, fantastic prices, rockauto.com. So I've been kind of hyping up and talking about the fact that we were at some point going to do a talk about the ESPN top 10 lists where they've been focusing on the top 10 players at each position throughout baseball. Uh, it was actually surprisingly hard to dig out the pitching list. So, uh, yeah, I talked about before previously, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time there, that Clevenger and Beaver made the list. Let's move on. Uh, I also talked about we were going to specifically save it for the show for Wednesday because uh, I thought Oscar Mercado would get a mention for center field. He definitely wouldn't be among the top 10. But he would get a mention, and then uh, the last one being right field, there was no way the Indians had anyone who was going to get a mention there. Uh, we have not seen right field yet, but Mercado did get a mention, having settled himself into the Indian spot. He's an interesting player just because uh, he was absolutely on fire to start. Then he bottomed out, I think it was in August. He put up numbers that would uh, embarrass a pitcher in terms of production. And then he came back strong for the very end of the year. So it must have been maybe July was the downside, and then August, September was uh, was an up again. But either way, it was up and down, uh, converted shortstop. It's a trade the Indians likely will win. I was a big Connor uh, Capel fan. I thought that he was going to be one of the better prospects in the Indian system. It hasn't come together for him. The growth just hasn't been there, as I hoped. Uh, it is interesting. The Indians were so aggressive with him. He was a high school player. And he was in that same class as Benson and Nolan Jones, but he was a whole level ahead of them throughout the minors, which makes one wonder if they were overly aggressive to inflate value, which has been one of those kind of rumors we've heard about at points through uh, various sources. But, uh, you know, the Indians trade two interesting prospects that got Mercado. He's going to be set in center field. He should be an above average defender. We're hoping for more of an average level bat and just maybe a little bit more consistency. But it should be a position that's set for the Cleveland Indians going forward. Left field did not get any mention at all, so we can be done with the outfield already. Um, DH also did not get any mention at all, where I am imagining that's going to be Domingo Santana's position. Uh, He signed an extremely cheap contract after more or less being out of baseball for a while, so I think that's probably all you really need to know about his overall placement. Um... I would have much rather seen them spend a little bit more and get someone like Eric Thames myself, but I've been pushing for Eric Thames for like three or four years. So that is just one of those things, I guess you would call me a stand for him. Let's start out, uh, you know, let's just go when we think positionally. One, two, three, you know, etc. So if we go down to catcher, uh, Roberto Perez was third behind Yasmani Grandal and JT Realmuto. That shouldn't be a surprise that those two players are ahead of him. Might be a surprise to some that he is not lower on the list. Uh, there were some inconsistencies in the second half. He just wore down. But the offensive production was really strong for the catcher position. And the defense is, of course, amongst the best in all of baseball. And what he's second over the last few years in pitch framing. There's just a lot of good stuff there with the Brito Perez and the Cleveland Indians. That is a position so many teams. I mean, the, you go and you look at that top 10 catching list. It is not a good list. And so many teams struggle with that position. It is a position that is just fraught with issues. A lot of players who are great back there wear down very quickly. You know, you look at the Joe Mowers of the world. You look at Buster Posey, who isn't all that old and is already kind of 
done catching. Even go to the Indians where you talk about, you know, current coach Sandy Alomar. He never stayed healthy and wore down at that catcher position extremely uh, quickly. It is a very hazardous position. It is a position you can't bank on uh, more often than not. And the fact the Indians are able to just not have any concern. They know who their starter is, and it's like they can move from there. That is a very nice thing to have if you are a team. Moving over to first base, we have Carlos Santana, fourth ranked. I think, again, that's a surprisingly high rank uh, to a lot of people out there. I think a lot of fans would have probably put him lower or expected him to be lower. But then again, Carlos Santana has never been beloved by a large chunk of the fans during either of his runs in Cleveland. The only players ahead of him, Freddie Freeman was number one, uh, then Pete Alonzo and Anthony Rizzo. So that's fourth. And for so many years, it's like Santana was viewed by many people as not as good as Eric Hosmer. I mean, Hosmer is imploded, even though he's younger, has that huge contract that San Diego can't give away. Carlos Santana keeps plugging along, keeps being effective. His option is either 17 or 18 million for next year. It just does make you wonder. Coming when we get to the end of August, if they will consider trading him. Um, he's, what, going to be 35? Uh, I don't think they're looking to pay a 35-year-old 18 million. That's just the truth of it. Uh, he had a great year, but he had a career year in his mid-30s. You don't bank on guys who have career years in their mid-30s. Yeah, maybe he's Nelson Cruz, but uh, outside of Nelson Cruz, who can you really think of who we've seen that with? Like, Nelson Cruz is a freak of nature uh, in the nicest possible way. Carlos Santana does have a skill set, though, that can age well. You know, his eye at the plate is going to stay strong. Power, we have seen, you can keep hitting for power. Maybe not the same levels, but you look at like somebody like Jim Tomey towards the end of his career and the things he could do. So there is a chance for that skill set. But I'll also point out at the same time, it's like the value of the first base position is such that C.J. Cron signed for $6 million this year. He's coming off of 37 and 29 home runs. Two years ago, his OPS plus was like 111. This year, this past year at the Twins, it was like, I think, barely over 100. Now, he was terrible in Minnesota. He was great on the road, really bad in Minnesota. We'll see how he plays in Detroit. But you could get a at least league average player at first base for $6 million, who I think is entering his age 30 year. Like, coming off of two solid production years, to get him that cheaply also says kind of the value of the first base position in terms of giving that much money for Carlos Santana. I think there's almost no way his option gets picked up. And that does mean that if you're in a position where you, if you're the Indians and you want to maximize, if you have the fourth best first baseman in baseball, there's going to be a team, especially because we have this year with a DH. There are teams that don't have a great option at DH. If there's a National League team out there looking to contend, why don't we just pause the podcast? I'll give you some examples. Philadelphia needs one, but that's never going to happen after the whole situation with him beginning there. Uh, Washington is kind of a disaster right now because of the amount of guys who have not reported to camp. It's hard to guess. Their roster resource currently list as Drupal Cabrera as their DH. But once everyone gets to camp, that will clearly change. Uh, Arizona, Jake Lamb is listed as the DH. We've already talked about how Arizona should be in a bit of a win-now mode. Could be a team to look at. And you could even make a case for a team like the Dodgers where if they flip somebody like Jock Peterson in another deal that Santana could make a lot of sense to them especially because with Mookie Betts leaving, they could easily pick up that option on Santana. Um, if you put him at first base, 
uh, going forward, they can always shift that team. That's they have so many guys who can play so many different positions. It's like okay, so then you move Max Mun- Max Muncie to to second, or you move him to the outfield. It's that's just you know so many Muncie Turner Bellinger. These guys can play so many different spots, but there's a lot of teams that could make sense looking for that big bat. And again, career year, high level production. Uh, the Indians unlikely to pick up his option just makes me very intrigued to see what they do with Carlos Santana. Rock Auto. Rock Auto is our sponsor, and I've talked about him so many times on this podcast. What I love is an easy-to-navigate site. There's so many times I go to a website, and I'm like, what is going on here? When I was setting up my own website, I'll be honest, there was a point in time where I was having issues with just the setup and going the right way and clicking to places I wanted to go. None of that's an issue. Rock Auto is a very nice, easy, simple site to navigate. And while it is nice, easy, and simple, it has such a huge selection that it takes a lot of work to get a site that is that easy to use, that, you know, so many different ways you can navigate specifically to find your vehicle, your make and model, and what you need, but still make that site 100% easy to get to and to use. And we haven't even gotten into all the great deals, the great pricing, how often that they are going to beat the big name, big box store. They have the advantage of, you know, they don't have to do the overhead with that storefront. So you go to their site, they're going to ship it to you. You're going to get the site, the pieces and parts you need for your car. Fantastic prices, fantastic selection, rockauto.com. And they have that little box. How'd you hear about us, right? Locked on, locked on Indians in particular. Uh, Go check it out, rockauto.com. So we're going to keep talking about some of these positions, but first I wanted to dive into a little bit of news because I didn't get into that on the top of the show. I don't think uh, we'll have enough time to get into all the positions today anyways. So let's dive into a little bit of news. Former friend alert. Need a little sound effect here that I don't have. Yasiel Puig signing with the Braves. This is interesting because Nick Markakis just opted out of the year. Uh, he had some concerns. He has been a steady player for the Braves. It's odd for me to think that like Nick Markakis is this vet. I remember when he was a can't-miss kid for the uh, the Baltimore Orioles when he came up. And it took him a while, but he was very productive for the Braves. Uh, losing him made it so the Braves were going to go out there and kind of had to figure out exactly what they were going to do, how they were going to replace him. And I will, would love to see what the financials were. We don't have that yet. I keep checking, keep searching. But right now, I don't know exactly where he slots in for the Braves. You look at that outfield, Ender Inciarte is probably your center fielder. Was not great last year. I, I was such a fan of his, trying to figure out trades for so many years. Uh, his early years with the Braves after he came up from the Diamondbacks. Great defender, but the defense really kind of started to regress last year when you look at some of the the metrics and numbers. And the bat has stayed consistently a little bit below average. Uh, He is like, how would I put this? Kind of like a Nick Ahmed version of center field, where he's just a slight step below an league average bat, but the defense at peak was, you know, maybe the best in baseball. He'll likely handle center uh, for the Braves. It's always going to be tempting to want to move Ronald Acuna Jr. there because he can probably handle it. Uh, and the bat and production are just, you know, off the charts for his age. But they have they already have those players in place um, to handle two of those spots. And of course, you know, they added Marcelo Zuna in free agency as well. So that's your starting outfield. So why did they go and make this move? Well, Austin Riley is the DH. A little bit unproven up and down season a year ago could also spend some time at third base 
uh, depending on if uh, Johan Camargo can come back and perform. And he was so good a few years ago, but it just did not work out when he was splitting time with Donaldson. Now this is the whole thing. Is this lineup as good without Donaldson? I don't think it is. I, I think that they found ways to spend that money, but it's still not as strong of a lineup. Uh, the forgotten guy to me right now is Adam Duvall. Uh, had a really big year in Cincinnati, and he's been surprisingly productive like most years. Uh, 2015, a 112 RC+, plus, a 104 in 2016, 2017, a 96. Then last year, uh, 2018, with two teams, he it was a struggle. It fell apart for him. The wheels came off. And the 2019 season with the Braves, uh, he had limited opportunities. 41 games, 131 plate appearances. High strikeout rate, that's always been an issue. But the offensive production was a 121 runs created plus. Like He played well for them when given a chance. So he's a nice bench bat to have, a nice little option for them. We'll see how much time or opportunities opportunity he gets. I mean, he is a guy who in 16 and 17 hit 30 home runs for the Reds. The defensive metrics aren't uh, terrible on him either. So he's a very nice bench bat for them to have. I also think there are some concerns with Freddie Freeman and his COVID situation, and it's been extremely rough for him. Uh, you know, there's enough of a concern there that, like, Freddie Freeman's talks with Nick Markakis or why Nick Markakis is uh, sitting out the season. So we'll see what they do right now. But I think Puig is also one of those things. And uh, Christian Pache, like arguably the top outfielder in that system right now, tweaked his knee, and that gave them some more concerns. So they added a player who may be a little bit overrated. Uh, we've seen every single year some decline in his production, but is Yasiel Puig still a major league player? Absolutely. Seen above average major leaguer? Absolutely. I'll be curious to see how this goes. Um, does this mean that they try to move Enciarte? I I think that is a very real possibility. Uh, you know, he is approaching the end of his uh, his service time with the Braves to begin with. Uh, it feels like he's a guy whose name is always getting kicked around. Let's see, it's a club option in twenty one. Or no, I'm sorry, his contract is through 21, club option in 22. So he could always be someone who could be out there, a name that could get flipped. Because, uh, again, I think Akuna, you can just slot in there and be fine. The only problem then is Azuna and Puig are going to be free agents both at the end of the year. I believe Azuna's was a one-year contract as well as Puig's was. So, you know, then you're hoping Pache comes through. Drew uh, Watt... I always want to say waiters. Uh, waters is a, a really interesting prospect who performed pretty well in AAA, but the lack of any eye at the plate is a massive concern um, as an evaluator going forward. So I, I don't know. Uh, either way, it's an outfield that is better today. It is a team that is better, and kind of the last name free agent is now off the market. The Braves will figure out a way to make this work. Uh, it's an odd, odd team. You know, I already talked about the way things are set up offensively. You know, Travis DeArnd, so they brought in to be the catcher from Tampa. Kind of, you might have forgotten about that. Dansby Swanson is kind of a lower-tier shortstop right now. Uh, there's not a lot of... I, I don't know how 
comfortable you feel in that lineup after those top two guys. Like, Albies and Akuna are utterly fantastic. Azuna is a productive, proven player. Uh, after that, this whole lineup, until Freddie Freeman is healthy back and with them, it, there's some concerns. And, you know, a young rotation, we have to see what some of these players can do. Uh, right now, it is another group where you kind of have some level for concerns. The Braves are a team to have much like the Indians, I think a high volatility index. Things could go very well, things could go very badly. But that is our old friend alert. The other piece of news uh, that came out after I recorded yesterday's podcast is that Cardinals closer and fastball master Jordan Hicks is opting out. Uh, I didn't realize until I was reading up on him that he has type 1 diabetes. For as much as everyone was concerned about Garrett Mitchell this year, it's like, here is uh, one of the better relievers in baseball who's been dealing with it his whole career. Uh, if you didn't look at Jordan Hicks's numbers in 2019, 29 games, 14 saves in 28 innings, 9.7 walk uh, strikeouts per nine, 3.5 walks per nine, ERA plus of 137, and routinely got it up there near 100. Uh, explosive, interesting arm. It's always going to be, you know, the command concerns. 5.2 walks per nine in 2018. Uh, some level of comparison between him and Class A and uh, Karen Jock. Now, he also is recovering from Tommy John surgery, which is one of those things that would have limited his availability anyways. In some respects, if you're a Cardinals fan, hey, you know, he was going to miss some time due to injury anyways. This means he's just not getting a year of service time. You're going to have him longer in your organization. But in general, the Cardinals are weaker today. And then in terms of just the Cleveland news, the Cleveland side of what's going on, Delano DeShields uh, was another thing that I literally saw after I closed my recording yesterday, that uh, DeShields was placed on the 10-day injured list. No reason is given. Um, That is a bit of a concern because, you know, he had some positive COVID testing before and he was cleared and came to Cleveland and had batting practice in Cleveland. So if he turns out still had it or was a carrier for it, he could have exposed um, a lot of the team. Now we don't know if it's that, if it's something else, but uh, we have not seen any confirmation. I'm going to just go double check right now, pause the podcast. No, no new news. Uh, You know, he hadn't been cleared yet for uh, inner squad workouts. He did take that batting practice at Progressive Field on Saturday. We'll have to see. Uh, You know, he was supposedly a part of the deal the Indians really wanted. And again, we know they use things that are on baseball savant. We know they look at those advanced numbers and he brings top end speed and top end defense is a late inning defensive replacement. That was going to be his weapon. I think he was a hundred percent going to be on this roster. Uh, now we'll have to wait and see where and when he finally makes it with the Cleveland Indians. This opens the door for any number of outfielders like Oscar Mercado, Jordan Luplo. Domingo Santana, Santana and Fran Mill Reyes. Those guys are set. Taylor uh, Naquin, Taylor, and we see that Tyler Naquin is hurt. So you're looking at Bowers, Allen, Daniel Johnson, Bradley Zimmer. One of those guys are going to make this team now. Now, I probably lean towards there's a chance maybe Allen makes it along with Bowers. Um, you know, do they try to do any service time manipulation with Daniel Johnson? That always struck me as odd, an odd thing to worry about just because of his age. Um, I love the fact that Daniel Johnson, side note, I was going from uh, 
baseball or MLB trade rumors. And when you click on Daniel Johnson, they didn't pay attention to their link. So it takes you to Daniel Johnson, who played for the University of Akron uh, this past year in 2020. Uh, but hey, nice that they got some Akron stats in there. So, But Daniel Johnson, I believe, is like 27 years old. Uh, he's not, you know, a super young player. So when you're talking about, you know, getting an extra year of service time with him, it's going to be towards, I'm sorry, he's 25 years old. Just turn that way. Hey, share a birthday. There's a lot of baseball players at that July 11th birthday, but still. So you manipulate service time. So you get him for age 32 as well as age 31. Like it's not as big of a deal with him in my mind. And he is just a perfect perfect platoon with Jordan Luplow. I'd love to see him get that opportunity. I don't know if they're going to do that, if they would manipulate it. Zimmer, I don't know how near ready he is. Bowers didn't show us a lot last year. I would love for him to prove me wrong. So I think Allen probably is your biggest beneficiary when it comes to what's going on with the Shields. So tomorrow's show, we've got uh, shortstops, third base, second base, all to talk about in terms of the Cleveland Indians and where they rank in the ESPN ranks. Gives us a nice, solid show. Probably won't be able to get through all of those tomorrow, but it'll also give us a chance to see if they say anything at all about right field for the Cleveland Indians. I've been Jeff Ellis. You've been fantastic as always. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. Remember to check out all the fantastic Lockdown podcasts. Our fantasy one is going to be extremely helpful during this time where who knows what fantasy is going to look like and how fantasy baseball is going to work. Again, thank you for all you do. You help make this podcast. And as always, go Tribe.